Today on Cover to Cover, we are happy to air a special presentation about the work of Nikki Giovanni. Nikki Giovanni is the award-winning African-American poet and author of more than a, a two dozen books, including Black Feeling, Black Talk, and Blues for All the Changes. And today we're happy to present Nikki Giovanni speaking and reading her poetry. You know, what people don't realize is that Henry David Thoreau was the first person arrested for civil disobedience. And Thoreau had a uh, friend, Ralph uh, Emerson. And in all fairness to everybody, you know, Emerson was a bit of a tight ass. And so when, when Thoreau was in jail, Emerson did his Christian duty, of course, and went to see him. But he had that, you know, David, what are you doing in jail? And uh, Thoreau looked at him and said, you know, Ralph what are you doing out? And, of course, Martin is going to do that with uh, the letter from Birmingham City Jail. It's going to be, the, the, the ministers are saying, why are you troubling these waters? And, and, and Martin is saying, why, why aren't you there with me? This is the right thing to do. I wrote a poem in the spirit of Martin. This is a sacred poem. Blood has been shed to consecrate it. Wash your hands, remove your shoes, bow your head. I, I, I have a dream. That was a magical time. High hole silver away. Oh, Cisco. Oh, Pancho. Here I come to save the day. I want the world to see what they did to my boy. No, no, no. I'm not going to move. If we are wrong, then the Constitution of the United States is wrong. Montgomery, Birmingham, Selma, four little girls, constant threats, constant harassment, constant fear, SCLC, Ralph and Martin, Father Knows Best, Leave It to Beaver, Ed Sullivan, how long? Not long. But what, Mr. Thoreau said to Mr. Emerson, are you doing out? This is a letter from Birmingham City Jail. This is a eulogy for Albany. This is a water hose for Anniston. This is a thank you to Diane Nash. This is a flag for James Farmer. This is a how can I make it without you to Ella Baker. This is for the red clay of Georgia that yielded black men of courage, black men of vision, black men of hopes, bent over cotton or sweet potatoes or pool tables and baseball diamonds, playing for a chance to live free and breathe easy and have enough money to take care of the folks they love. This is why we can't wait. That swirling Mississippi wind, the Alabama pine, that Tennessee dust defiling the clothes the women washed, those hot winds the lemonade couldn't cool that let the women know we too must overcome. This is for Fannie Lou Hamer, Joanne Robinson, Septa McClark, Daisy Bates, all the women who said, baby, 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 I know you didn't mean to lose your job. I know you didn't mean to gamble the rent money. I know you didn't mean to hit me. I know the Lord is going to make a way. I know I'm leaning on the everlasting arms. How much pressure does the earth exert on carbon to make a diamond? How long does the soil push against the flesh, molding, molding? Molding the moan that becomes a cry that bursts forth crystalline, unbreakable, priceless, incomparable Martin. I made my vow to the Lord that I never would turn back. How much pressure do the sins of the world press against the heart of a man who becomes the voice of his people? He should have had a tattoo, you know, freedom now or something like that. Should have braided his hair, carried his pool cue in a mahogany case, wafted that wonderful laugh over a plate of skillet fried chicken, dropped biscuits, dandelion greens on the side. This is a sacred poem. Open your arms, turn your palms up, feel the spirit of greatness, and be redeemed. 
When Rosa Parks turned 80, I was invited to write a poem for her. And in trying to think about how to begin this poem, I was trying to think about what began Rosa Parks. And what began Rosa Parks, of course, was the Pullman Porters. Because without the Pullman Porters, probably there would be no civil rights movement. Not just A. Philip Randolph, but the, the organization of those men. It was the Pullman Porters who carried the Chicago Defender down to Mississippi. And it was the Pullman Porters who carried the um, Pittsburgh Courier, that orange paper, down through um, South Carolina so that, that people would know they were not alone. It was the Pullman Porters who were actually, as you probably know, the bankers of the black community because it was Pullman Porters who took the money from the blues men and gave it to the race men. And it was the Pullman Porters who, in 1954, rejoiced on a 9-0 decision because they knew that they had been a, a great part of that. In 1955, a young man got on their train. He was a little kid. He was, he was a cute kid. And they spoke to him, and they could hear his stutter. And he was riding by himself. I'm sure he had his box of chicken like we all did. Well, we rode the trains. They had chicken. And he was sitting by himself. So the Pullman Porters did for him. I'm sure what they did for all of us. This is a kid riding the reverse of the Blues Highway from Chicago back to Mississippi. And I'm sure that when the train, you know, got down to Springfield, Illinois, they came to him and said, now, son, this, this is Springfield, Illinois. You, you don't want to get off here. This is the home of the Klan. And he goes, yes, sir. I'm sure that by the time they got him down to uh, to St. Louis, they took him over and said, now, this is the mighty Mississippi River. And I'm sure he smiled because he hadn't seen that before. They went on down to Memphis where you used to be able to see that if you just looked over from the train station, you could look over and, and say, son, that's Beale Street. That's the home of the blues. And actually, if Emmett could have stayed on that train, gone on down to New Orleans, caught the uh, Zephyr, gone on out to L.A., caught the Cardinal, gone on up to Seattle, taken the train, come on home, he probably would have written a wonderful book, My Life of Riding the Rails by Emmett Till. And everybody would have loved hearing his stories. But Emmett had to get off that train. And when he got off that train, about 72 hours later, he's going to be dead and one of the most brutal murders that ever happened in the United States. Everybody knew the murder of Emmett Till was really bad. The men who did it, the sheriff, and so what they did, they beat him to death, they knocked a piece of his skull out, they knocked his eye out, and recognizing how monstrous it was, because just a 14-year-old boy, they wrapped him in a, a cotton gin fan and dropped him in the Tallahatchie. And he should have probably stayed down, so it depends on what your belief system is, but it was lifted out. And when he did, his mother was standing there. She said, that's my son. And the sheriff said to the mother, you know, that, that we don't know what it is. The sheriff kept referring to it as it. She said, I know, I know it's my boy, and it's my son. I want him. And the sheriff said, no, we're going to bury it here. And what they did, though, because it was clearly he was black, they sent him to Century Funeral Home, which is right outside of Greenwood. And about a thousand yards from Century Funeral Home is um, railroad tracks. And the Pullman porters came to Mrs. Mobley, and they said to her, what would you like? She said, I want to get his body home. So when the northbound train came, they stopped the train, and they got his body onto the train to get him home. Now, the Pullman porters didn't leave his body, of course, in baggage, because if they left him in baggage, it would have been discovered, and they would have killed all of them, because everybody knew this was not a good idea. So they put him in their personal effects, and they watched over Emmett, and they got him to Chicago, where his mother sent him to the biggest church, and she opened that casket. She said, I want the world to see what they did to my boy. Now, there was a woman, of course, in Montgomery, Alabama. And I'm sure she said what everybody said. If it comes to me, Lord, let me be strong. And that December, a bus driver gave her the ability to make history because she said, no, no, I'm not going to move. I wrote a poem about Rosa Parks, but for the Pullman Parties. It's called Rosa Parks. 
This was for the Pullman porters, who organized when people said they couldn't, and carried the Pittsburgh Courier and the Chicago Defender to the black Americans in the South so that they would know they were not alone. This is for the Pullman porters, who helped Thurgood Marshall go south and come back north to fight the fight that resulted in Brown versus Board of Education. Because even though Kansas is west, and even though Topeka is the birthplace of Gwendolyn Brooks, who wrote the power for the Chicago Defender sends a man to Little Rock, it was the Pullman porters who whispered to the traveling men, both the blues men and the race men so that they would both know what was going on. This is for the Pullman porters who smiled as if they were happy and laughed like they were tickled when some folk were around and who silently rejoiced in 1954 when the Supreme Court announced its 9-0 decision that separate is inherently unequal. This is for the Pullman porters who smiled and welcomed a 14-year-old boy onto their train in 1955. They noticed his slight limp that he tried to disguise with a doo-wop walk. They noticed his stutter and probably understood why his mother wanted him out of Chicago during the summer when school was out. Fourteen-year-old black boys with limps and stutters are apt to try to prove themselves in dangerous ways when mothers aren't around to look after them. So this is for the Pullman porters who looked over that 14-year-old while the train rolled the reverse of the Blues Highway from Chicago to St. Louis to Memphis to Mississippi. This is for the men who kept him safe. And if Emmett Till had been able to stay on that train all summer, he would have maybe grown a bit of a paunch, certainly lost his hair, probably have worn bifocals and bounced his grandchildren on his knee, telling them about his summer riding the rails. But he had to get off that train and ended up in Money, Mississippi, and was horribly, brutally, inexcusably, and unacceptably murdered. This is for the Pullman porters who, when the sheriff was trying to get that body secretly buried, got Emmett's body on the northbound train, got his body home to Chicago, where his mother said, I want the world to see what they did to my boy. And this is for all the mothers who cried. And this is for all the people who said, never again. And this is about Rosa Parks, whose feet were not so tired. It had been, after all, an ordinary day, until the bus driver gave her the opportunity to make history. This is about Mrs. Rosa Parks from Tuskegee, Alabama, who was also the field secretary of the NAACP. This is about the moment Rosa Parks shouldered her cross, put her worldly goods aside, and was willing to sacrifice her life so that that young man in Money, Mississippi, who had been so well protected by the Pullman porters, would not have died in vain. When Mrs. Parks said no, a passionate movement was begun. No longer would there be a reliance on the law. There was a higher law. When Mrs. Parks brought that light of hers to expose the evil of the system, the sun came and rested on her shoulders, bringing the heat and light of truth. Others would follow Mrs. Parks. Poor young men in Greensboro, North Carolina would also say no. Great voices would be raised, singing the praises of God and exhorting us to forgive those who trespass against us. But it was the Pullman porters who safely got Emmett to his granduncle. And it was Mrs. Rosa Parks who could not stand that death. And in not being able to stand it, she sat back down. It's not that I'm a fan of Tupac Shakur, though I am a fan of Tupac Shakur. And I don't, I didn't know him and don't know his mother. So I'm not, uh, and I didn't want to, once this all happened, I didn't want to become a hangers-on like that because my respect for Tupac is a respect for fellow, um, for fellow artists. I think it's very difficult, uh, to be a black man. I think, uh, uh, one of the poems that makes me cry is my Million Man March poem. And even at that, you know, Tupac is beyond that. But 
that's that's all a part of it. it it's very difficult to try to find your way in a world that has so little regard for who you are but to lose tupac was a great loss because he was a great artist and we laugh because hip-hop has changed so i mean you, you can just look at it from when tupac left tupac was an honest broker and he said that you know i want to stand for something he did stand for something and his art stood for something and as much as people wanted to say oh tupac didn't do this that or the other the kids that listened to him heard him and Tupac was a lover. And that's what was so clear. Not just uh, my favorite Tupac is the river uh, where he's, he's talking about his mother. But it's, it's not just that. It, it's that he cared about all of us. And he tried in, in 25 years to embrace the world. Uh, people can't afford to keep losing men like that. But we were lucky. And on the other hand, you, you try to always look at, 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 at what is the lesson here. We were lucky that he was here and that we recognized him. So I wanted to honor Tupac Shakur. I thought C. Dolores Tucker was as wrong as Judas. I thought that, you know, if they didn't pay her, they should have. Because to see this old lady who couldn't probably even hear what he was saying, testifying before some fools in Congress, a very sad thing. And it's, it's like Tupac did something. Tupac just said, you know, your world is crazy and you ought to put your house in order. And he was right. And so you have to honor the genius and you have to honor the charismatic. You have to honor the artist. For Tupac Shakur, 1971-1996. A lover whose love was often deliberately misunderstood, but who will live in the sun and the rains and whose name will echo through all the winds, whose spirit will flower and who, like Emmett Till and Malcolm X, will be remembered by his people for the great man he could have become, and most especially for the beautiful boy that he was. All eyes on you for Tupac Shakur. As I tossed and turned, unable to achieve sleep, unable to control anxiety, unable to comprehend why, Tupac is not with us. If those who lived by the sword died by the sword, there would be no white men on earth. If those who lived on hatred died on hatred, there would be no KKK. If those who lived by lies died by lies, there would be nobody on Wall Street, in executive suites, in academic offices instructing the young. Don't tell me he got what he deserved. He deserved a chariot and the accolades of a grateful people. He deserved his life. It was as clear as a mountain stream, as defining as a lightning strike, as terrifying as the son of vampires, Tupac, told the truth. There were those who called it dirty, gangster rap, inciting. There were those who never wanted to be angry at the conditions, but angry at the messenger who reported, your kitchen has roaches, your toilet is overflowing, your basement has so much water, the rats are in the living room, your house is in disorder, and Tupac told you about it. What a beautiful boy. Graceful carriage, melodic voice, sharp wit, intellectual breath. What a beautiful boy to lose. Not me, never me. I do not believe East Coast, West Coast. I saw them murder Emmett Till. I saw them murder Malcolm X. I saw them murder Martin Luther King. I witnessed them shooting Rap Brown. I saw them beat Leroy Jones. I saw them fill their jails. I see them burning churches. Not me. Never me. I do not believe this is some sort of mouth action. This is some sort of political action. And they picked well. They picked the brightest, freshest fruit from the tallest tree. What a beautiful boy.
But he will not go away, as Malcolm did not go away, as Emmett Till did not go away. Your shooting him will not take him from us. His spirit will fill our hearts. His courage will strengthen us for the challenge. His truth will strengthen our backbones. You know, Socrates had a mother. She, too, watched her son drink hemlock. She, too, asked why. But Socrates stood firm and would not lie to save himself. Tupac has a mother. The lovely Athene has to bury her son. It is not right. It is not right that this young warrior is cut down. It is not right for the old to bury the young. It is not right. This generation mourns Tupac as my generation mourned Till as we all mourn Malcolm, this wonderful young warrior. Sonia Sanchez said when she learned of his passing, she walked all day walking the beautiful warrior home to our ancestors. I just cried, as all mothers cry, for the beautiful boy who said he and Mike Tyson would never be allowed to be free at the same time. Who told the truth about them and who told the truth about us, who is our beautiful warrior. There are those who wanted to make him the problem, who wanted to believe if they silenced Tupac, all would be quiet on the ghetto front. There are those who testified that the problem wasn't the conditions, but the people talking about them. They took away band, so the boys started scratching. They took away gym, so the boys started breakdancing. The boys started rapping because they gave them the guns and the drugs, but not the schools and libraries. What a beautiful boy to lose. And we mourn Tupac Shakur. And we reach out to his mother, and we hug ourselves in sadness and in shame, and we are compelled to ask, Are you happy, Miss Tucker? Tupac is gone. Are you happy? And that's the voice of Nikki Giovanni, three-time NAACP Image Award winner, the first recipient of the Rosa Parks Woman of Courage Award, uh, Poet of more than two dozen books, she holds the Langston Hughes Medal for Outstanding Poetry and is the author of many, many books spanning the civil rights movement to the present. Uh, she teaches English at Virginia Tech in Blacksburg, Virginia, and we are very happy to be able to offer you today as a thank you gift for pledging for this listener-sponsored radio station, the Nikki Giovanni Poetry Collection. Uh, it's a two-CD set. You've heard some of the poems that are um, part of this collection. You can get that by subscribing for $60 uh, by calling 510-848-5732 or 1-800-439-5732. That's 1-800-HEY-KPFA. Um, Nikki Giovanni is a remarkable character. If you don't know her work, uh, I think just even the small taste um, can give you a sense of her dynamism, of the uh, aesthetic elegance of her writing, of her passion. A woman who believes that art and politics uh, do not have to be kept separate, that one can enrich the other, and yet that um, aesthetics don't have to suffer in the process. Uh, what I think is so valuable about this collection is that she talks about, she reads her poetry, but she also talks about the context in which it was written, um, the feelings that went into them. 510-848-5732, that's 1-800-HEY-KPFA. Uh, and you may have heard... Um, some of the, the poems that she read um, in this past, uh, the clips that we played, they span uh, poems dedicated to Martin Luther King to those dedicated to Tupac Shakur. In fact, uh, I think she even went and um, 
as a tribute to Tupac, had Thug Life tattooed on her arm. Uh, she also uh, is someone who was able to speak to a number of generations, starting with the black arts movement in the 1960s and expanding uh, through more personal writings in the 1970s and then on to, uh, well, many, many uh, collections of poetry, spoken word, essays, even children's books. Please consider calling right now and being able to pick up Nikki Giovanni's poetry collection for a $60 pledge. It's a two-CD set. The numbers are 510-848-5732, 1-800-439-5732. That's 1-800-HEY-KPFA. Um, Nikki Giovanni speaks about the poem that she wrote dedicated to Emmett Till and the black Pullman porters who played a very important role um, in resisting Jim Crow um, and uh, organizing uh, the black community in, in the uh, U.S. South. Um, and Emmett, who was, Emmett Till, who was murdered by white racists, she writes about his legacy and I think, or what happened to him. And I believe that, uh, I think... Uh, those of us at KPFA believe there is more than one way to tell a story. There's the historical story that you can tell, but there's also poetry and the arts and literature. And if you value the um, the poetry that you get, uh, the literature that you get on KPFA, particularly at cover to cover, um, if you think that's important, please consider calling right now and pledging your support to KPFA. 510-848-5732, 1-800-439-5732. You can also pledge online at kpfa.org. And uh, Mary Kellogg from San Francisco has put up a match for $310. She challenges eight of you to go to your phones and become a KPFA member. You can do that by calling 510-848-5732, 1-800-439-5732. That's 1-800-HEY-KPFA. And um, I'm very pleased to be joined in studio by uh, KPFA's Interim General Manager, Lem Lem Riggio, and I am uh, the Interim Program Director at KPFA, Sasha Lilly. And we'd like to... Uh, allow you to a uh, chance to consider coming uh, becoming a member of KPFA right now that's right and you can do that by calling 1-800-439-5732 or 510-848-5732 you can also play securely online at kpfa.org it's uh, secure and fast we also have over 100 um, thank you gifts that we've featured recently listed on our website so please go ahead and support us by either calling 1-800 439-5732 or 510-848-5732. Ask for the two CD set, the Nick, <coughs> Nikki Giovanni Poetry Collection for a $60 pledge. That is a $5 uh, a month membership to KPFA. Or the book Quilting the Black Eyed Pea by Nikki Giovanni for an $85 pledge. Or both for $135. Um, they uh, would make great gifts for friends and family members, uh, for schools, for libraries. Uh, you can do, you can share them with uh, your community members. Call one eight hundred four three nine five seven three two or five one zero eight four eight five seven three two. You can also play securely online at kpfa.org. Become a KPFA member, KPFA sustainer at five dollars a month, ten dollars a month, fifteen, whatever you can afford. We welcome all levels of donation. That's right, 510-848-5732, 1-800-439-5732. That's 1-800-HEY-KPFA. And if you would like to have something um, 
imprint. Uh, while you may want to also get the two CD the two CD set of Nikki Giovanni reading her poetry. Uh, consider getting her book of poems, Quilting the Black-Eyed Pea. Um, it is a collection of new poems, and it has been written that it, it is a masterpiece that explores the ecstatic union between self and community. Quilting the Black-Eyed Pea is an extraordinarily intimate collection. Each poem bears a revered I- cultural icon's trademark of the unfalteringly political and the intensely personal. If you would like to get that, you can pledge $85, and we'd be happy to send it to you. You can also get both the Nikki Giovanni Poetry Collection 2-CD set and Quilting the Black Eyed Pea, for both for $135. If you can afford that, um, please consider doing so. We need you to become part of the solution here, um, and that happens by having you step up and do your part so we can do ours as well. 510-848-5732, 1-800-439-5732. We'd like to see a number of you go to your phones right now and... Stand up for poetry on KPFA. Stand up for the arts on KPFA. We have a rich history of presenting arts and culture uh, at KPFA. In fact, some of our greatest moments have been airing poetry like the works of people like Nikki Giovanni, but also Kenneth Rexroth, uh, Allen Ginsberg, so many people. So much historic work has been done on these airwaves. If you value that, there's so little arts um, in in American culture these days, I mean, so many, so few outlets for the arts. A study recently was done on how uh, little literature and poetry makes it on NPR. If you value this place, um, Pacifica Radio, KPFA, as being one place where the arts thrives and has a voice, please support it right now. Let us know that you are there. 510-848-5732, 1-800-439-5732. That's 1-800-HEY-KPFA. We would love to be able to send you these thank you gifts, the two CD set of Nikki Giovanni reading her poetry and speaking about it, as well as the book Quilting the Black Eyed Pea, which you can get both of those for $135. <laughs> but the most important thing is that you show us that you value the flow of both information, arts, literature, culture, music on on our airwaves. Um, if you particularly appreciate uh, the work of Jennifer Stone, um, this is the time to let us know that you are out there and you care. 510-848-5732-1800-439-5732. That's right. And we've also been challenged to get eight new members by, I'm sorry, Mary Kellogg of San Francisco has offered us a $310 match. Um, we may be halfway to meeting it, but we are not quite there yet. We would like a few more of you to go to the phone and give us a call at 510 848 5732 or 1-800-439-5732. Pick up the two CD set, um, the poetry you just heard Nikki reading in her own word, in her own voice. Um, it sounded fantastic. It would make a great gift for somebody. It's a $60 pledge to KPFA or the book for an $85 pledge or both for 135 We have a couple of people on the phone right now. We'd like a few more of you to join them so that we can make our match in the coming two minutes. 510-848-5732 or 1-800-439-5732. You can also pledge securely online at kpfa.org. That's right. 510-848-5732, 1-800-439-5732. KPFA has been around since 1949. We're about to, uh, in April, we will celebrate our 58th anniversary. And the only way we've been on the air for almost 58 years is by having tens of thousands of listeners 
do their part in keeping us alive. Listener-sponsored, not beholden to any corporations, not beholden to commercial interests, but beholden <clears throat> to you. And if that's something that you value, if you think it's important to keep that alive, then if you think that um, the, the arts might have a place uh, when the profit motive is not the most important thing, then please consider calling right now. We have less than two minutes to go. We have $310 on the line, which Mary Kellogg has generously put up. We need to be able to make this match, and we would love to be able to offer you these wonderful thank you gifts as well. 510-848-5732, If you didn't know of Nikki Giovanni's work, just hearing her voice, her amazing dynamism, uh, should tell you what an important figure she is. Someone who emerged in the 1960s from the civil rights movement, the black arts movement, and has uh, innovated and produced incredible work to this day. Uh, we'd love to be able to give you the thank you gift of her book uh, and uh, poetry collection in her own words, um, in her own voice, rather, for $135. But please do whatever you can to support us right now. 510-848-5732, 1-800-439-5732. We don't know if we've made that match yet. We'd love to be able to do so. We have, um, if uh, two more of you would go to the phones in the last Less than a minute that we have, it would be, uh, it would mean a lot to us. 510-848-5732-1-800-439-5732. That's 1-800-KPFA. Become a sustainer. Uh, keep us alive with monthly payments. Talk to our phone volunteers about electronic funds transfer. But do whatever you can. $25 makes you a voting member of KPFA. $135 pledge gets you both the uh, two-CD set of Nikki Giovanni and the book Quilting the Black-Eyed Pea. Whatever you can do, though, please do it now because uh, we have a match on the line and we need your support. We have a uh, few uh, days left in our fund drive. We're going to end on time on Thursday morning. We need your support right now. 510-848-5732-1-800-439-5732. Thanks to all of you who, who have called and pledged. And now we go to Free Speech Radio News.